It's another Ian Collins Once a Word Fact. Powered by the Mitsubishi Mirage. In English, we call the number zero, nil, naught, nada, zilch. With three years 0% APR representative finance, plus three years free servicing on a new Mirage, we just call that a great deal. Uh, so, Kev, we start with, uh, it's another letter. Oh, exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's from Freddie McGrew in Crew. <laughs> of course it is. Who says, Oi, Collins, you want crazy audio? Have you heard the awesome Wells clip of him advertising bird's eye frozen peas? Yes, one of the greats of cinema ended his career in a voiceover booth in Soho flogging peas. <laughs> he also has a mighty pop, in a not nice way, at a junior producer. Surely, surely, says Freddie McGrew in Crew. This is the mother of all outtakes slash embarrassing clips. Have you heard this, Kev? I can't remember. It's not pleasant. This is a lot of shit. You know that. Come on, fellas, you're losing your heads. I wouldn't direct any living actor like this in Shakespeare. Well, you do this, it's impossible. Orson, you did six last year, and by far and away the best, and I know the, the reason. The right reading for this is the one I'm giving it. At the moment. I spent... 20 times more for you people than any other commercial I've ever made. You are such pests. Now, what is it you want in your depths of your ignorance? What is it you want? Whatever it is you want, I can't deliver because I just don't see it. That was absolutely fine. It really was. You, you can't worth it. No money is worth looking for. That's bad. It's not the best, and I personally can't stand it when people just have a go at their underlings. Because it, it's, it's unprofessional. Oh, f*** off. Yeah. You too, Audrey! Ian Collins wants a word. It's hard to believe, isn't it, that was the bloke. Uh, you know, in was a game-changer in cinema, Citizen Kane and all that caper. Yeah. And ends up doing that kind of caper. But how much did he get paid? He probably got a lot of money in. You know, he had the voice for it, but... He did. Because he did... He was Carlsberg as well, wasn't he? He was a Carlsberg man. Yeah, he was. I could say something about Carlsberg, but it'd get me into trouble. Yeah. Have you got some questions, Kev? It's questions and feedback via social media and email and the like, and also scribbled on the back of Andre's head, which was a new one. I thought it was a tattoo originally, but it turns out someone just really doesn't like him much. <laughs> yeah, it was me. Uh, from Manny Kemphauser. Nice. I had one of those in a German beer hall when I was in Berlin. <laughs> Manny writes, lads, come clean. You ain't going to make it to episode 100, are you? This will be like Dallas or Lost. Just as we thought you were rather good, you'll lob in some kind of season finale curveball, which will be neither entertaining nor clever. What are you planning here? Kev disappears from the shower while Andre, his fluffer, looks, <laughs> looks longingly at the camera. <laughs> Manny! With, with that come-hither look. <laughs> What a thought. We're not going to make it to 100 with comedy like that, I'll tell you that much. So, I never watched Dallas. Uh, I'm aware of the shower thing, obviously. Lost, how far did you get? Was it season two? Halfway through season two. Same here. When it became incredibly obvious in Lost, they had no f***ing idea where it was going or what they were going to do. And if you watch any of the documentaries about Lost, that's exactly what they tell them. They had no idea. They thought it was just going to be one season. And then they found out they were going to be doing more and just sort of went with it and just sort of did their thing from week to week. Yeah, but, I mean, there's always these things about... I think uh, the executive producer of Lost said, um, oh, yeah, well, we might bring it back. No! 
<laughs> They're bringing Heroes back. Did you watch Heroes? I, I did watch Heroes, and I liked... Uh, there was only two seasons, I think, of Heroes. There were four. Were there four? Yeah. I, but... I kind of gave up after, I think, three. Right. Yeah, I, I got partway into, I think, the last series, and then I'm like... Well, it was either three or four. I got partway into the last, and I'm like, nah. Who was the random British actor that appeared on a rooftop scene in... Heroes. I could tell you it was Christopher Eccleston. Yes, it was Christopher Eccleston. Who had pigeons. Pigeons, that's right. That yeah. was his power. He could control well pigeons. Well done on a, a clean comeback on that question. Yeah. I know why you know that, of course. But I love pigeons. That's yes, right. you're yeah. a massive pigeon man. But, uh, I, you know, um, Hayden Panettiere, of course, yeah. is not a factor in me continuing to watch uh, Heroes. But um, I had a slice of Hayden Panettiere at that German beer hall. It was delicious. <laughs> it's very nice, isn't it? Yeah. It started with quite a lot of promise. And it, it looked good. Loads of problems. And I thought, this is this is going to be something special. And then it sort of got lost in the central character. Yeah. Character. And it lost then Eccleston way. popped up. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. What was his name? The the bad guy. Siler. Siler, which was trying to do a kind of, you know, usual suspects, Kaiser number. Oh, like, gotcha. Okay. In, in that kind of sense of the word. Yeah. Um, so it had promise, and then it kind of went, and it was bad, and now they're bringing it back. Why? <laughs> We will see. Are we, uh, we're optimistic about this. It's fair to say, though, that this is going to take a little bit of preparation, episode 100. It's not going to be something that just appears out of thin air. Yeah, it won't just pop up next week. No. Uh, and it is happening, and we're working on it right now. Yeah. And it might In be... fact, we're recording it simultaneously to this. <laughs> yes. Uh, but um, it might be a two-parter. So there you we're are. waiting for the exec producers to give us the green light. And you can all stop complaining. Yeah. We're only a few days late this week, for crying <laughs> out loud. Uh, from Salford Sandy, singing Spaniard. Really? Any, th- <laughs> any thoughts on the big summer trends this year? I'm going to say paintballing, podcasting, exotic barbecue, and Mario Kart. All at the same time. Uh, what the f*** is exotic barbecue? Is that when you go and shoot an ostrich in the zoo and stick it on a grill? What seems to have happened, a lot of pubs now uh, in the garden do the barbecue. They do, yeah. And they make a big deal out of it. Uh, been to a couple. Uh, one was really worth it. One wasn't so worth it. And yeah. last weekend, uh, they they ran out of food because uh, it was really hot. Uh, lots of people were there. There was something else going on nearby, so it meant that more people were there than usual. They and so they ran out of grub. But they they had so that they had lobsters uh, in it. <laughs> Did and, they? Yeah, there's a lobster in. The, so, so so you know how you creep up to the the front to see what's there, what's on offer, and they had steak and you could have lamb chops. And I thought. Is that a lobster? And I thought, no, it can't be a real lobster. But then I noticed it had its uh, claws tied up. Right. Which usually suggests it's alive. And then I looked, uh, the lobster's alive. I thought, wow, what's going on here? And then a kid grabbed it and went round the garden going, <laughs> like it was a f***ing <laughs> aeroplane. <laughs> so the upmarket barbecue is clearly uh, on, the, uh, on the agenda. Well, let me ask you this. Yeah. It's a very hot day, right? I guarantee you somewhere in the background, because every summer this, this happens, First hot day of the year, yep. there's always those two guys. The two guys with their shirts off, <laughs> the bad tattoos, and the dog on a bit of rope. Yeah. Wherever you go in the country. And they're really skinny blokes. Yeah, really yeah. skinny, really pale. Yeah. First guys with their tops off, wandering around in the background. And, but often walking like along quite a busy B road yeah, somewhere. Yeah, think, exactly. where, where have they been? And where could they be going? <laughs> so Sandy says, uh, paintballing. Ever been paintballing? Don't fancy no. it. No. No, I, I think it would be too... It's too much effort. I think so. Let's go to the pub. Yeah. And um, obviously podcasting, you've done a bit of. Of course. Uh, and Mario Kart. You might, I know you've played Mario Kart 8, right? It's my favourite. 
Oh, it's amazing. Mario Kart 8? Is that, it's a great is that the game. bloke with the dungarees? That's him, Mario, yeah. He's What's super... he doing back? Well, he's got a little car, and his mates have got a little car. Uh, he was around when I was a kid. Yeah, he's got longevity. But he must be very old. He's fictional. Because he was old when I was a kid, and that was 15 years ago. <laughs> that would make him... He must be retired. I don't think he's ever going to retire from okay. fighting the forces of evil. However, he does like to race around a track and fire shell. Oh, it's such a good game. You should come around and play it. That's my Don- invite. Come round and play Mario Kart. The dungarees and the moustache. Yeah. Do you think he... Almost oh, certainly, yeah. Just wondered. <laughs> Here's two in a row uh, from Gibby Bentos. <laughs> Hello. The football is over. Thank for that. Thank you. Sorry. And also, Ed Miliband's scary eyes, right? <laughs> it's World Cup fever. Woo woo. Well, it isn't, obviously. I don't think it was much fever when it hadn't gone away. And then it did go away. It went away because uh, people didn't play uh, the game they'd been paid to play. And that was proper football. Uh, The art of which, of course, is to score goals and win. They didn't. They lost. They came home. End of. Thank you. I watched a little bit of the first England match, I think it was, uh, which was on at some ridiculous time, like 11 o'clock at night, post-pub. And I, I will admit to dozing off. After I think a goal, that's what happened. That's like when yes. you kick, kick it between the the posts. When you say dozing off, that's not like off, is it? It's... No, 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 oh, no. I see, right, no. I see. Sturridge came on. You thought, oh hello. Well, now that you mention it, <laughs> what a thought uh, from Laldi Larry. <laughs> Larry says, "Corn on the cob, it sucks. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine when it's just corn, but being on the cob is for goats and workers." <laughs> It's a bit harsh, isn't it? I think it's a bit harsh. There's something in that, in that it's quite messy to eat. And you can't have corn on the cob without a toothbrush. You should be given a toothbrush, or at least a pick afterwards. Well, as a kid, which I know in your case was only a couple of weeks ago, uh, you always see Bugs Bunny, and I think we have touched on this before, Bugs well, Bunny with the doing the, the typewriter thing, you think, yeah. I could do that. You can't do that. Do you remember what it's up there with? Because uh, my niece uh, recently... Uh, who's three, opened up a banana and the banana fell off and she had the mother of all fits about the fact that her banana had broken. And it turns out, and I'd forgotten the amount of sympathy I had with her three-year-old logic, it turns out she wanted her banana to look like it looked with the monkeys on the cartoons. Uh Because on the cartoons as a kid, your monkey could peel a perfect banana. It peeled beautifully, there was a lovely shaped nana in the middle, everything was ripe and beautiful. However, it doesn't look like that when you try to peel one at home. And I think the corn on the cob sits in a similar genre of uh, what I suppose we could call animated misconceptions in fruit and veg. (laughs) Andre! Give me some animated misconceptions on fruit and veg music! (laughs) I mean, a carrot never looked like that, did it? No. Sleeping Beauty, the apple, never looked like that. No. Electric Blue 3, a cucumber, (laughs) never looked like that. (laughs) That's my weekend sorted out. Uh, From Coventry Jules, Jules says... Uh, why, 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 why don't you get Alex Jones back on? He could tell you about the conspiracy theory involving Ed Miliband and a unicorn. <laughs> Seriously, is this man going to be our next prime minister? Alex Jones, I don't think so. I don't think he qualifies, does he? Get an American stand? <laughs> can, well, actually, can an American stand as prime minister? Uh, that's a good point. 
Because I know that you have to be born in the USA to be American president. You can but... be a governor, because obviously Schwarzenegger was one, but yeah. you can't be the president, so no. Schwarzenegger could never be the president. Um, over here, I don't know. I wasn't, there a, wasn't it up until recent you couldn't be a Catholic, you couldn't be a Jew? No, you could be a Jew because we had an Israeli was a Jew, so it's happened. But I think I, there was some kind of crazy rules on that. You know, there was all manner of isms that uh, folk didn't like back then. Right. And so if it turned out you ticked any of those particular boxes, they uh, would uh, kick your sorry ass out of the place. I'm sure that there's something really obvious about where you have to be born in. But then... It gets complicated if there's an independent Scotland, which, again, we're not going into. Here. How have we, hang on, how have we glided over the question here? Which I don't is the, know. The conspiracy theory involving Ed Miliband and a unicorn. That explains the eyes. Is, is that some kind of after-university uh, secret society? The Order of the Unicorn. What, like and the Swan, you mean? No, I'm just... Because, you know, there are lots of those that... Uh, it, it's argued that all these various prime ministers and presidents, they all went to their own university version of groups that supposedly pick and select and detail who is going to be the next leader. And they give you all the little secrets to unlock the, uh, the, the, the key to being in office. Will it be Ed Miliband, a Labour man, a rich person convincing poor people to vote for rich people by telling those poor people that other rich people are the reason they are poor? Say that again. A rich person convincing poor people to vote for rich people by telling those poor people that other rich people are the reason they are poor. All right, I've got it now. Uh, on a more sombre, less jocular note, from Mike via Once a Word on Twitter, sad to see your pal Sam Kelly has passed away. Yes, dear old Sam. Yeah, that was sad about Sam. He appeared on an earlier episode of What's a Word, of course. He did. He was, of course, in Porridge and Hello, Hello and... Barbara. Barbara. Yeah. Yeah. And was it on the up? Was he in that? I think so. Yeah. 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 He was a good uh, British character, actor, uh, stage, screen and all the rest of it. And, yeah, dear old Sam, who'd, who'd come on uh, the podcast with us, he wasn't very well when he came on the podcast. He didn't no. want us to mention that. Um, but, you know, he, he got beaten by the big C in the end, and that was terrible. But, you know, the, the, you know, his innings is there for all to see. IMDB, folks. Very true. Anyway, um, Mike goes on to say, it got me thinking about old sitcoms and wondered if you reckoned you could bring back a bit of Heidi High or Hello Hello. No. Both good, by the way. Yeah. But the first series or two of, of both of those... Uh, were very funny. Heidi High was a bit dark for the first couple of seasons. Simon Cadell was amazing in Heidi High. He was. He's incredible. Um, he's also dead. Though, um, I think they mostly are, apart from Jeffrey Holland. But Heidi High did have that real sort of... Because you had the, the uh, Punch and Judy guy who was an alcoholic. Yeah. You had Ted and his mate uh, who had some... Jeffrey Holland. Yeah, that was it. I don't think his character's name was Jeffrey Holland. No, it was his name. Sp- Spike. Spike. Yeah, I was going to say, startling lack of imagination on behalf of the writers. So, Jeff, we've got this great role for you. You're going to play this character. You're going to be this young up and coming entertainer who we decided to call Jeffrey Holland. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, but they had all of this stuff going on, and the two um, older ballroom dancers were having some sort of domestic thing. Barry and... Yeah. Or to give him his actor's name, Barry. You're, you're right, and I'm surprised that a, a, a student of uh, television or popular culture hasn't, at some point, tried to unravel and deconstruct Heidi High because there's, there's quite a lot in that. It is quite dark and quite sad. Yeah. And there's little subplots and subliminal narratives that flow underneath it. Are we just thinking too hard about Heidi High here? I think we must be. Next week we'll talk about Oh Dr. Beeching. <laughs> Defender Dan says uh, no, Defender Dan wrote uh, and offered you his Space Invaders cabinet, if That's you right. remember. Yeah. And you said, well, I need to know how much. <laughs> 
Ian can have my Space Invaders cab for £500 if he wants. No. Buyer collects. 500 quid? Yeah. Where's he live? He doesn't say. <laughs> so I'm just going to drive around the country. France. And like shouting, anybody <laughs> got one of these for sale? Defender Dan! I'm here to pick up my cabinet! Uh, yeah, that'll be fine. Good work. And finally, Esther, from The Bad Pedant. Are you replacing Paxman, Collins? That's what it says on the forums. Where <laughs> are these forums? Come on, man. I think we should be told. Weren't they trying to sell his desk? Paxman's desk? I'm sure they were trying to sell his desk off so they could... But he didn't always have a desk. Probably... Latterly, he didn't have any desk. Well, they need, a new... they need the money to make new Mrs. Brown's boys, I'm guessing. That's but, uh, to sell off Paxman, the furniture. It's a classic example. I was a bit of a, uh, a Paxman fan because it came a point where it was sort of cool to say that you weren't, and then it was cool to say that you were because lots just because lots of people said that you they weren't. Yes. And so, so we had that kind of you know they talk about that that horrible phrase Marmite, but actually genuinely journalistically Paxman was really good. What he wasn't, however, was always controversial. No. And it was that great psychology that our mate. Uh, Professor Kevin Dutton talks about mm-hmm. that you projected onto him. So whatever question he would ask, you know, you already had it built in to that template that he was asking a tough one, even if he just asked a, a standing one. Of course, he had the the Michael Howard moments, the Chloe Smith moments, and others. However, you know, your average Newsnight episode didn't contain any of those. They just contained a very good journalist. Yeah, who wasn't rude to everybody either. So, given that you've turned it down, who's going to replace him? Uh, my man is on Andre. 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 Surely not, Kev. Well, you rarely hear him speak, so presumably he's just going to sit there in complete silence for an hour a night while politicians just berate him. That would be controversial. Wouldn't it, though? Uh, If you've got any questions you want to throw our way, Kev at onceaword.com, Ian at onceaword.com. Here it is. It's back after a little respite. It's those microscopic, some might say insignificant areas of life that uh, still do your nut in. They hurt your cranial department, the tiny acts of human behaviour that send you into a zone of sheer frustration. These are random acts of irrational annoyance. Kev, have you got any? I have two. Ants are just arseholes. I don't mean like ants and uncles, although, you know, there's always one. I mean as in those pesky little six-legged oops, who <laughs> find a way into your house or your conservatory yeah. or your bathroom and just make a... a I was going to say a bee line, that would be wrong. An ant line for anything that's left around that she's vaguely food-like or they just, they're just, ugh. And they're nearly impossible to get rid of. They're little shits, aren't they? They are little shits. Your aunt has got, I mean, people often say, you know, well, your aunt, it's an entire culture right there in front of you. This is my thing, though. Really? Yeah, this is my thing. For some reason, it's been built into us that we have to respect and somehow like the ant because they have these little sort of colonies and they build things and they can lift 800 times their weight above their head. And we, we're supposed to actually quite like ants in a way. I don't. Yeah, but that, I blame Attenborough for that kind of caper because him and his cohorts, who are mostly you know, very intelligent, uh, amiable people who've bought us great TV, have long convinced us of this urban myth that every single animal has its place in the chain. Bollocks. Yeah. The sloth has no f***ing place <laughs> in the chain. It would be too lazy if everybody said, right, here's the list of things to do today in the chain. The human beings have got to go out to make things happen. The crocodiles have got to eat the bad things so that you get rid of the mouldy carcasses. The bisons have got to eat the and The daffodils have got to do it. The bees have got to pollinate the thing. The rats have got to eat the chick. All of that. If you did all of that, you got to the sloth, you'd say, what the f*** <laughs> do you do, you lazy bastard? And there, no answer would be forthcoming. 
Well, this is the thing, though, and I, I think you're right. I think it's wildlife experts have made us think we should respect the ants. And I know that you, you're you all about Attenborough. I only blame one guy, and that's Nutkins. And i got to be honest, it makes me want to give him the finger. Sorry. R.I.P. Sea lion lover. <laughs> My other one, and I'm, I have a feeling I've done this before, but it bears repeating because people seem to be doing it more and more. Facebook feeds, which someone has hooked up to their Twitter account, so it posts the same thing. Yeah. Uh, whereas I think the, the Facebook... <laughs> As we do with this show. Yeah, well, yeah, I know. But no, but the thing is, on Facebook, there's there's more detail on Facebook of than course. there would be on Twitter. But this whole thing of uh, just the same sort of stuff, that's one thing. But I think Facebook you use for different purposes than you would do Twitter. Yeah. However, that's not the point. It's workers who think, well, clearly nobody has access to a news source apart from me. So I'm going to set up my Twitter slash Facebook oh. to automatically provide headline news or media stories or stories about sport. We're already online. We can see this stuff. Yes. Here's one. The strimmer. Yes. The garden strimmer. Now, I had never, I I had I never used one of these things. I only just about knew what one did. But I now own one because it came free in the box with my lawnmower <laughs> that I purchased recently. So uh, there is a strimmer. I removed it from the box. Uh, clipped it together, plugged it in, and went for it. Nowhere in the instructions did it say, be a bit careful, because it will shave your lawn like Sweeney f*** Todd. <laughs> My lawn now looks like a tribute to Richard Fairbrass. <laughs> it looks like a ploughed field. My grass is no more. My verdant expanse of joy has gone vandalised by my own hand via a fucking strimmer. I got a strimmer. And I really like the strimmer, and I agree with all of that. Um, but it got, you know, it's got like um, a plastic cord in it. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, or at least my one. That's the thing that strims. Yeah, that's the thing that strims. But if you hit a, uh, you know, like a stone or a bit of wall or whatever, that bastard disappears to call <laughs> within seconds. It does. Where does it go? And I thought, well, that's okay, no problem. I'll nip up to home base and I'll get a new one. Got a new one. I consider myself quite technical, right? I consider myself reasonably good at sticking things together and sticking things up things and so on. And I couldn't figure out how... My strimmer has been lying in the garage for three and a half years now with this strimmer tape just stuck to it because it just... And it spins out and things go flying Don't ever pick it up again. I'm not going to. Don't ever touch the strimmer. Strimmers are good for downing rainforests, not for... It's tufts of grass in your garden. Edging. It's edging, isn't it? Well, that's what it's meant to be. Uh, Tom Wilson uh, says, people who get off the bus and say, thank you, driver, instead of just thank you. <laughs> I'm with him on that. Who yeah. would say that? That's a little like in... They do that in the world of kind of uh, soap opera, don't they? Characters uh, use titles to people that you'd never do in real life. Yeah. Uh, you, you'll have a criminal on the, you know what used to be something like the bill who would say, what well, a thing is, acting detective, chief superintendent. I wasn't in the area. That... Who's, who would say that? Yeah, Nobody uh, ever said that. Plus, isn't it slightly disrespectful to sing Driver? The guy's probably shedding a single tear as he gets off the bus saying, why does nobody call me Phil? <laughs> the other thing about soaps is, and you're right about that in terms of the generic aspects of soaps, and the thing that's always annoyed me is when people go into the Rovers or whatever, and they say, um, yeah, all right, uh, who works in the in, behind the... Doris? Does Doris work in the Rovers Return? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but they'll go in and they'll say, um, yeah, can I have a, I'll have two pints and a bag of crisps, please, Doris. Yeah. If you did that in a real pub, they say, well, yeah, two pints of what? what uh, beer. What kind of beer? That's true. Well, yeah. you know, uh, what kind of crisps do you It'll want? It'll be a set of questions. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's insane. 
Joey says the word random when describing things that are not random. That still comes up quite a bit. (laughs) This comes from Mr Kelly. She says, I hate it when you open a plane door for someone and they get sucked out to their death without thanking you. (laughs) Oh, nice. Beautiful. Uh, Somebody here says, radio presenters who constantly name-check their station every breath. I'm not accusing you of this, but it's annoying and patronising. Now, I sent you a link the other day. Have you looked at this? And it's it's on. Don't read stuff you send me. Right. I'm just going to mention this. This this is this is so worth watching. It's a YouTube uh, clip. If you search for yes uh, yes yes if if you search for Capital Radio. No, I watched it with the volume down. Yeah. Do I need the volume up? Yes. Yeah, you do. Okay. Uh, Capital Radio. Mike Allen. This is from the 1980s, and it has um, Michael Aspel, who used to be on Capital, yeah. shows up and he says, "Hello, I'm Michael Aspel. Let me introduce you to some of the people I work with." And it has uh, Alan Freeman, for example, in the record library, choosing records while smoking a fag. <laughs> it's got a, a man... I thought... I watched that. I thought he got a cigarette in his hand. He does. Yeah. He's got a... And he's not really trying to hide it. Uh, you've got a, a... A gentleman called Graham Dean, who's a, a famous oh, broadcaster. Was, yeah. Hello, I'm Graham Dean. I do the Capital Breakfast Show, 6.30 till 9, every weekday morning. The best traffic news, all the weather, the time checks, and some really good music as well. See you then. Listens for time checks, <laughs> but the best bit about it is about a minute and a half in. It's Mike Allen and Mike. This has you have to look at this. Uh, Mike is sitting there, seemingly with his shades on, <laughs> and a, a Macintosh at a table, eating a salad. <laughs> and it, and it, it's sort of like he's been interrupted. He takes his glasses off and he goes, "Hello there, <laughs> join me from two. Blah, 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 and I'll play some songs you like and do some astrology. Have a lovely day. Then he puts his sunglasses back on and goes back to his tomatoes. <laughs> I can't recommend it highly enough as a piece it. of entertainment, yeah. Uh, how did uh, Alan Freeman get away with calling himself Fluff Freeman? <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't have a presenter called Filching Bob, would you? <laughs> how did that happen? Uh, Tim says the fact that every zoo TV station website has an animal now that predicts the World Cup scores... The first was mildly amusing. That was the octopus. That's right. Wasn't it? Um, and he's absolutely spot on. Uh, El Toro says, people blocking a road in both directions to load something when there's a space ten feet up the road. Just happened now. Very angry. Oh, calm down, love. Uh, Baz says, individuals who refuse to use refuse bins, but I guess that's a fairly rational annoyance. Uh, Joe says, people walking in two or three next to each other on a pavement. Uh, then they don't make way for anybody. Walking in the opposite direction. There's that, and there's cyclists on a Sunday who think it's okay to ride side by side on the road and not move. McBrucey says, uh, <laughs> how about people buying light items in self-service tills and the scales not recognising the item and the bags are impossible to open? Yeah. So you mean things like uh, a plum? A single plum. When he says light items, what does he mean by light items? What, oh, bulbs? Uh, well, I don't think he, mean, he might mean bulbs if they don't weigh very much. I think he's thinking like, uh, you know, a bag of crisps perhaps. Bag of crisps doesn't weigh much. You put that on, it might not recognise it on the scales. So it's the scales after you've swiped it, isn't it? So you swipe it, you put it on the scales, and then it says uh, there's something in the bag or there's something not in the bag that should be in the bag. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So it's that. Yeah, and okay. some, some supermarkets have more sensitive self-service areas than others. Blythe says, uh, people on diets want to tell you everything that went through their bloody blender. But there is a little bit of a... Uh, an assumption that people will be interested to know that you had several sticks of celery and a fig yeah. in your in your blender. Try some onions in it, shouldn't you? Erica says, untidy shopping trolleys. Just stack them neatly, please, like with like. It's not that difficult. Yeah, but who has time? Really? Do you just leave yours by the car? 
<laughs> no, I tie it to the back of the car and drive along with it. Sometimes I put one of the kids in there. John says, Adrian Charles. Yeah. That's yep. all. That's all. That's right. This from La Flama Blanca, who says, people who park right next to you in a car park, uh, when there are spaces everywhere, if you do this, know that I hate you. Yeah, that's an odd one. When the car park is completely empty, uh, in you go, and somebody comes in. It's the same mentality that makes somebody sit right next to you on a train when there's lots of empty seats. If you have any irrational annoyances, uh, send them to us, please. Uh, irrational annoyances at onceaword.com. <laughs> I just made up an email address there. <laughs> you did. Uh, Kev at onceaword.com, Ian at onceaword.com. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at onceaword. Now, this year marks a bit of a milestone for our favourite sponsor as they celebrate 40 years of Mitsubishi Motors in the UK. So, it's time to party. Hop along to your local Mitsubishi dealer on Saturday the 12th and Sunday the 13th of July with the family and join the celebrations. Among the many brilliant things to enjoy, there'll be tasty barbecues, bouncy castles, some fine retro entertainment from the 70s. I've even got my flares on as we speak. And a whole bunch more. Plus, there's a grand prize draw and everyone who visits wins a prize. So celebrate Mitsubishi Motors in the UK, their 40th anniversary with your nearest dealer. Find out where at mitsubishi-cars.co.uk slash dealers. Participating dealers only. Now, the vaguely, the only interesting part about this little section, uh, I should say, is that we don't actually know what's going to happen next. So we might be in luck and it's something that's vaguely entertaining. Or it could be Kev's shitty shoebox of doom. It's not that. What it is, though, is it's it's kind of the end of an era in many ways here on the Once A Word podcast. Is it? Presented by Ian Collins. Because it's the last episode uh, with two digits, uh, in the, being episode 99. Next is episode 100. That's going to be kind of amazing. Hopefully. Maybe. Uh, but it's episode 99, which means that um, I've decided to pay a little tribute to all things 99 with something I like to I call like this. 99. Works for me. Andre! 99! It's a bunch of interesting facts about the number 99. I'm beside myself. For example, yeah. did you know the yeah. number 99 is used six times in the Bible? I will look it up. Well, you have to count. You have to go through the Bible. I don't know if it's the Old Testament or the New Testament or both, but if you could do that this weekend, that would be awesome. I'll do it now. Hang on. And then there was, and the Lord said unto me, and he said, the devil came to the frogs and the bloody locusts, <laughs> plagues. And that Peter said to uh, Peter, Paul, and Mary, and they recorded some songs in the, the desert, <laughs> and Noah, the two by two, and the animals and the ark, and then they did that, and then they looked at the star, and the camels came, and the wise men. And then King Herod did this, and it wasn't very nice. And then the plague returned, and then the fishes. And he got 5,000 of them, and 5,099 of those. And then he said, did that 25 times. And then the man with the beard came along, and he said, God, do unto thee as do not lay thy man. Got 99 of those. Well, I found two, and halfway <laughs> through, so. Uh, 99 is also apparently used by the kids in texts and instant messaging. Hang on. It's shorthand for night-night. Mine. Is that right? Yeah. And also slang for lesbians. Okay. What do you think about that one? Famous ice cream, the 99. Oh, yeah. There's loads of uh, interpretations of this. Is a bit of whippy with a flake stuck in it. Yes. Is but, that your fact? Uh, yeah. Tell us what it is. <laughs> That's it. Brilliant. You're a genius, Kev. Fantastic. Uh, bring back more of Kev. 99 pence yeah. is one penny under one pound. But why the ice cream's called uh, 99 is uncertain. One claim is it was coined in Portobello when a man called Stephen Akari opened a shop. This was in 1922, at 99 Portobello Road. And he would break a large flake in half 
and stick it in an ice cream. And the name came from the shop's address. So it was like, oh, I, I have my patented ice cream then. 99. Because it's not 99p, which is what... Oh, it used to be 99p. When? Oh, well, there is a, there's another answer. It's eluding me. Uh, but yes, there are. I think there are a bit. It's like, where, where did OK come from, isn't it? And I think the... The definitive response of where did the, that come from is that nobody actually knows. Yeah. I'm thinking a similar thing with 99, that actually it was just a random number that somebody came out with and thought, oh, this would be interesting, because in years to come, dickweeds will sit on podcasts and radio shows <laughs> trying to analyse what it means. <laughs> For hours. Uh, 99 is also the combined age of Kev, Ian and Andre, uh, which makes Andre in his early 50s, I think. Uh, in 1999, they made... An, uh, this passed me by, and I'm sure we would have been doing something somewhere talking about this sort of junk, but they made a reunion chips movie with Eric Estrada. Did they? When? 1999. They, they did a, a reunion thing with chips. But only him, Boy. not the other one. No, I think the other one was in it as well. Okay. But I don't... This must have... This passed me by. It passed me by? Where? What's Eric Estrada doing? I don't know. Did you like chips? I think so. By which I mean I like the title sequence. Everybody liked the title sequence. I liked it so much I wrote to the Californian Highway Patrol <laughs> to you? ask if I could buy one of the badges. <laughs> and they wrote back and said yes for $25. Really? Yeah. They didn't just send you one? No, tight bastard. What a bunch of... Well, yeah. they, no, it came, what came back was a standard pre-written response, clearly, because they get loads of people say, okay, you know the big badge, on the, the so, it's a sew-on patch yeah. on the side of the yeah, top's of course, uniform? Yeah, yeah. It was one of those, and I thought, that looks a bit cool. And it all it formed part of the logo of the TV show. And I liked the opening sequence. And I thought they were, you know, clearly dudes that, you know, knew what they were doing. And if I had one of those badges, won't I look great on me chipper as I drive around the streets ah. with this on my back? They wanted a couple of dozen bucks for their trouble. Yeah. Fuck off, said I. <laughs> Elsewhere on television, Space 1999 featured Martin Landau and his other half flying the moon off into deep space with a woman who turned into a cat... And some spaceships made out of scaffolding. Hey. And not forgetting, of course, in the real 1999, and this is something, if you remember, it was Armageddon in that all of the computers in the world were going to stop dead oh. at a stroke of midnight on New Year's Eve slash yep. New Year's Day, and everybody panicked about the world effectively grinding to a halt, and f*** all happened. Nothing happened. And in fact, I lost count of the amount of people who came on the radio who were not just sure... But biblically unequivocal that this was going to be the case. And they thought they could proffer all manner of scientific, quantum, physical yeah. interpretations and reasons, uh, mathematical uh, reasons and rationale behind it. Absolutely believe. And in some cases, just pure bonkers conspiratorial reasons. But either way, we're able to uh, bolster it up with sort of vague pseudo intellectual cant, which made it sound as if. To a point, you'd go home thinking they're probably wrong, but they might be right. Yeah. And then, of course, they were all bloody wrong. But it was like planes dropping out the sky, cats oh, and dogs living happen. together. Yeah, heart machines going off in hospitals. Jay-Z had 99 problems, but the bitch ain't one. And then his sister-in-law kicked him in the c*** <laughs> in a lift. <laughs> uh, other songs with 99 in the title. A 1979 song by Toto uh, called 99. Don't know that one. Nope. Uh, 99 bottles of beer. 99 Luft Balloons. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, she didn't shave her armpits, did she? Neither. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that, ladies. You, you, you know. Big up, sisters. Live the dream. Uh, 99%. A song by Japanese rock group Bowl. Oh. That's Bowl. And finally, 
<laughs> You'll be delighted to hear. <laughs> uh, listening to all 99 episodes of Ian Collins' Once a Word uh, may cause nausea and vomiting. Could do. So here's to episode 100, uh, which is coming, what, in two weeks? Something two weeks, like that? Two weeks, yeah. And I, I, it's it's an exciting time. It's a Berry. landmark. Very. You know, every time Helen and Ollie have a special episode, they have cake and stuff, so I expect cake. Lemon meringues lemon, have been ordered. Oh, hey, now you're talking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Paste sandwiches are on the way. What was your favourite paste? Uh, probably that salmony thing. Really? You know, I've not really got an opinion on this, Kev, <laughs> to be honest. What was yours? That's the next episode. Yeah. So episode 100 is just going to be us sitting tasting paste for two hours. Nothing wrong with that. Tremendous. Credit stream. And there you go. It's another utter beauty in the back. Good day to you. Uh, we are, of course, back very, very soon for another episode of The Big 100. Thanks to you for downloading. If you like what we do, want to help support this podcast, where do you go, Kev? You go to iTunes, don't you? If you go to iTunes, you rate, review, and you subscribe. Uh, also on Stitcher. Stitcher.com slash once a word. Uh, thank you to all of our guests. There were none, just us. Uh, yeah. But that's fine. If we had guests, you can follow them on Twitter. Over the previous 99 episodes, we've had loads of guests. Yeah. There will be more on the way. Go back. Uh, f- indeed. Follow us on Twitter at once a word. In show feature and sponsor music is by uh, Kevin McLeod from Incompetech. The show's technical operator was Andre Porch. Please <laughs> off to present Newsnight. Uh, <laughs> we've got editors and producers and all manner of people. We thank every single last one of them. And by the way, thank you to our sponsors, Mitsubishi Motors in the UK. We are, of course, back, as I said, very, very soon with the big, the massive centenary of all centenaries. The mother of all blowouts. Kev, it's the big 100. I couldn't be more excited. Until then, goodbye. A Big Things Media production. Big Things! It's another Ian Collins Once a Word fact. Powered by the Mitsubishi ASX. New car smell is composed of 50 different elements. The new Mitsubishi ASX smells lovely and is yours from just £14,999. That's nothing to sniff at. Hello, I'm Mike Allen. Why don't you join me between 2 o'clock and 4 each weekday afternoon on Capital? I'll be playing some of your favourite music, an all-time top six, and a look at the astrology side of things. So I'll see you at 2 o'clock, yeah? Okay. have a good day.